Hello, hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of Overpowering Emotions, where I talk all things big emotions, emotion regulation, anxiety, resilience. I have had a lot of questions about some parent traps, and I know I talk a lot about parent traps, and I've talked about them in previous episodes, but I I, I thought this would be a great opportunity to readdress them. Um with a little parent trap series. Now, one of the common questions that I get from parents is the difference between helpful safety language and catastrophic language, the latter of which is a major parent trap, right, that we engage in. So we want to make sure that we're avoiding that catastrophic language. So catastrophic language, it involves using extreme, alarming, fear-inducing words to describe situations. That type of language just creates unnecessary anxiety and makes children overly fearful. With catastrophizing language, we're essentially sending the message that the worst thing in the universe is going to happen, which is usually, you know, a major thinking trap related to overestimation anyway. So we're just perpetuating that. And, uh, you know, there's nothing more catastrophic than the end of the universe, right? But the second thing is, it's so horrifically terrible that I'm never going to be able to handle it. I'm never going to be able to overcome it. And so we're overestimating the problem and underestimating their abilities to handle the situation. That's what anxiety already wants them to believe. So we perpetuate global fears that the world is a scary place and I can't handle it. And when we focus on worst case scenarios, it can be counterproductive when we're trying to educate children about safety, when there's real safety things we need to talk about. So common examples that I give are, you know, you better wear your helmet when you ride a bike. Otherwise, you're going to hit your head and go into a coma and never wake up. Even saying things like slow down or you'll be badly hurt is catastrophic catastrophizing. If you touch that, you're going to be in so much trouble. If you don't listen to me, something terrible will happen. All of that is catastrophizing. Helpful safety language, it's focusing on teaching kiddos about potential dangers, and we're using age-appropriate, calm, empowering worlds. We are informing and educating children without causing unnecessary fear. This type of language emphasizes prevention, positive actions, problem solving, things that we want to be promoting for our children. So examples of helpful safety language include, let's walk instead of run so we don't trip as easily, right? Uh, Let's not touch that so we don't cut ourselves. Let's find something else to play with. We're going to tell them what we should be doing, that positive behavior. The biggest difference is we're not going to go to the worst case scenario. That catastrophic language focuses on the worst negative outcomes and the worst negative consequences. We're often exaggerating them. Helpful safety language focuses, yes, we're going to understand the risks, but we're not, you know, going to death and brain damage, right? We're taking positive actions to mitigate risk. The tone is different. Catastrophic language uses an alarming tone that just escalates that anxiety while helpful safety language maintains a calm and reassuring tone. The helpful safety language, we're encouraging learning and understanding. We're enabling children to grasp the safety concepts and we're empowering them because we're providing them with knowledge as well as tools to make safe choices. Catastrophic language, it just hinders learning. It disempowers children because we're making them feel overwhelmed and scared. And then they're not going to be able to do anything anyways. 
Overuse of that catastrophic language just leads to heightened anxiety and and really a skewed perception of dangers. Helpful safety language, on the other hand, it's promoting a balanced understanding of the risks. We want to acknowledge those, but promoting a, a, a healthy approach to safety. So what's helpful is when we're teaching in a calm, empowering way, they're going to learn, right? So the focus is on teaching. It's not on scaring. Our tone is calm, not alarming. Our focus is on safety versus an exaggerated negative outcome. We focus on positive actions that they can do. What are they going to do to stay to, to stay safe versus what they're not going to do, right? I'd say we need to wear a, a helmet to protect our head. That's a reasonable safety warning. So we want to tease out what's a reasonable safety warning versus catastrophizing language. And that's where I I find a lot of people start getting confused. So with the bike example, reasonable is, hey, we want to protect our head when we wear our bike. Catastrophizing, if you don't wear your helmet, you're going to have a terrible accident. You're going to hurt your head really badly. Coma, death paraplegic, whatever it is that we're going to do, a helpful response is focusing on the purpose and the benefits of wearing a helmet. So again, we're using positive language to encourage that safe behavior. We talk about how wearing uh, your helmet is important to keep our head safe while riding your bike. For young kids, it might be the superhero gear, right? For your head, just like a superhero would wear to keep you safe so that you can have fun riding. I know it can be hard when there's a real danger, right? We want to be, slow down, you're going too fast. As we're going into the winter, for example, we might have really slippery sidewalks. So we might say something like, ice can be slippery, right? It's safe to take really slow, small steps. So we're telling them what they need to do. So we're going to take these slow, small steps so that we stay balanced, right? Better yet, I would ask them, what do you think could happen if we went really fast on the ice, right? Now we're going to be tapping into some of that critical thinking that I've talked about on previous episodes. So again, always think about what our goal, our goal is to educate and empower, support, right? We're building their resilience and their own thinking for themselves rather than inducing unnecessary fear and crippling them that they need us to always keep them safe. We're using that age-appropriate language, positive reinforcement that can help kiddos feel confident in making safe choices as well. And we want to create a positive association with safety gear like helmets too. Rather than them hating them and scared, being scared of riding their bike, we want to create that positive association, right? Um, so maybe just a few common examples. I, I gave one with the bike, but just different things that we can use, you know, to teach diff- different safety concepts to kids of all uh, ages. So crossing the street, catastrophic language would be, if you don't look both ways, a car could hit you and you might die. Helpful language would be, remember to always look both ways before crossing the street to make sure it's safe to cross. Or better yet, why do you think we need to look both ways across the street? Even stronger learning when they have to think about it. And they're like, I don't know. Well, let's take a look. What happens if we start walking right now? What's going to happen, right? We can get some critical thinking in there. Cooking, catastrophic cooking language. If you're not careful, you could burn the whole house down. Think for yourself. What would helpful language be, right? Now I'm going to ask you critical thinking. What would some of that helpful language? Um, When you're cooking, use oven mitts with hot pans. Keep your hands safe, right? 
catastrophic online behaviors. If you talk to anyone online, they could be dangerous and they could try to kidnap you. Think about what helpful language might be. It's important to talk to people that you know, right? Never share personal information. Um, That's going to keep, we want to keep your personal information safe. So that's why we're only going to talk to people that we know online. Uh, Fire language, catastrophic fire language. If there's a fire, we might get trapped and never be able to get out. Helpful language. If you ever see or smell smoke, remember to stay low and get out of the house quickly. We have our meeting point. Where's our meeting spot outside? You got it, right? Um, Stranger danger. If you talk to strangers, they could take you away and we'll never see you again. Hey, what would helpful language be? It's important to be cautious around people you don't know, right? If someone you don't know recognizes you or someone you don't recognize think that they recognize you and they come up to you, let me know. Find a trusted adult. Say, I'm just going to check with my mom, right? So tell them what they should be doing in those situations. Um, Drugs and alcohol, you know, the catastrophizing drugs and alcohol language is if you try alcohol or drugs, you could ruin your life and end up homeless and end up with brain damage. I don't know. Helpful language. Think about what that would be. What would helpful language look like? It could have an effect on your brain, developing brain, on your health in future. It's best to make safe and healthy choices. Let's talk about what some safe and healthy choices are. Maybe we look at what is it that drugs and alcohol give us? It's usually a release, right? A sense of freedom or just stress relief or numbing out. So maybe there's underlying things that we need to be addressing. Driving, just because I've got one of my teenagers driving, you know, now as we're going into the winter. But if we've got this catastrophic driving safety language, it would be if you drive carelessly, you could cause a horrific accident and kill someone, maybe yourself, right? Helpful language, what would helpful language be? When you're driving, remember to follow the traffic rules, right? Make sure you're focused so we can, you know, what are your distractors so we can put those to the side so that they're not distracting. Always be cautious of other drivers on the road. Like some of this, it's going to be like, especially with a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big eye rolls, right? Um, Personal hygiene is a big one. If you don't wash your hands, you're going to get sick and end up in the hospital or, or get some grandma sick and end her up in the hospital. Helpful language. Washing hands regularly helps us prevent the spread of germs, right? We want to focus on that. Peer pressure language, the catastrophizing is if if you give in to peer pressure, you're going to ruin your reputation. No one will ever respect you and you'll never get a job and you'll be homeless or whatever. Helpful language. What would we say that's helpful? It's okay to say no to things that feel right to you. True friends will understand and respect your choices. I know there's a lot of eye rolling things, but I just want to give you some examples here. This is why open-ended questions, especially as they get older, they are coming up with the answers, right? So that can be really helpful. Um, Cyberbullying. I think we need to talk about cyberbullying. So catastrophizing would be if someone cyberbullies you, it could ruin your life and you you might never recover. It's going to be there forever. I don't know. Whatever that is. Helpful language. If you experience cyberbullying, kiddo, let us know talk to a trusted adult. It doesn't have to be me. Talk to a trusted adult. Take steps to protect yourself, right? 
So you can see with each example, the helpful language really focuses on providing information, encouraging responsible behavior, letting kids make informed choices based on the things that will be helpful that they can do instead of the fear mongering, right? We want them to understand the reasoning behind the safety guidelines. That's important. It's the teaching aspect versus the scaring aspect. I'll keep it there for today, short and sweet. Uh, but I think it's important to start thinking about where can catastrophizing language start coming in. And it doesn't even have to be just around anxiety, too. It could be if you don't do your homework, you're going to fail, right? And if you fail, you're never going to get into university. And then you can never have a good job. And then you're never blah, 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 blah. Like there's things like that that we think are going to try to fuel our kids' motivation. But it doesn't. It just cripples them. If anything, they're just going to, you know, use their counter will and push back against you, or it could be really fueling some of that anxiety, which can look like externalizing, acting out behaviors, or they might go underground with it, right? And they start believing these stories or whatever else is going on. So start watching where does that catastrophizing language start seeping in and how can we shift it to become more helpful behaviors? Super important. I uh, will be going into other traps like accommodations next time, but I'll leave it there for today. Go and have a lovely day. Help those kiddos be bold and courageous and I'll see you next time. 